Welcome to Life Together, a podcast for Gresham Bible Church, where we exist to glorify God in being disciples who make disciples of all people through the transforming power of the gospel. On this episode, I have a conversation with Todd Miles. You get to know Todd better through hearing his testimony and some things that have shaped him, including his love for all things Oregon State and why he became a seminary professor. You'll hear Todd's love for the gospel, God's word, and the local church. He is already a joy to work with, and I'm so thankful for Todd and his family and how God has directed their steps over the years and now to GBC, another example of God providing what we need and when we need it. On this week's episode, we have Todd Miles with us and excited for uh, us as a church to continue to get to know you more, Todd. So thanks for your willingness to come in our awesome podcast studios here at Gresham Bible Church. It, it was a long trip for me. It was, it was a big inconvenience. I had, <laughs> yes. to, walk, had to walk down a flight of stairs. <laughs> totally. So, yeah. yeah, exactly. We were joking before uh, about nine times out of 10 when we record an episode here, we hear a siren or some background noise. So we'll see if that continues in our discussion uh, with you today. So. Yeah. So let's just jump right into it. Todd, uh, excited for this discussion again for Gresham Bible Church to continue to get to know you more. Um, so why don't we just start? Like, what do you think we should know about you? And then I have some follow up questions and then want to hear your testimony and we'll go from there. So if someone doesn't know you yet, what's your, you know, like elevator thing? What should okay. they know about you? <laughs> sure. Uh, follower of Jesus Christ. It feels like all my life. We, I can do testimony later. Uh, my wife's name is Camille. We've been married almost 30 years now. We have six children. Uh, our daughter is our oldest, and we have five boys. Three of them are still at home. Two of them are in Southern California, ironically, going to Josh Howith's church yes. now oh, wow. in, in Redlands. Um, we have five grandchildren now. Two of them were just born less than a week ago, mm. uh, the twin grandsons. So uh, three grandsons, two granddaughters. Uh, I, I teach at a Western seminary. Uh, that's, yeah, and and I got to join the staff here at Gresham Bible. So that, that's I have a, a great right life there. Man, that's <laughs> awesome. How about, I, I don't know if I've ever asked you this real time. How did you and Camille meet for 30 <laughs> years? Yeah. yeah. Uh, more than 30 years ago, yeah, uh, okay. eighth grade science <laughs> no class, oh, yeah. that's we, awesome. we both moved to Myrtle Point, Oregon the same year. Our fathers were both hired by the school district there and we, we probably moved to Myrtle Point same month. She what? coming from Alaska. I, I was coming from, uh, Vail, Oregon through, uh, Eugene for one year. Yeah. So wow. we've known each other since eighth grade. So yeah. did you both like each other right away? Well, she was when if you've seen Camille, she's she's five eight and she was five eight when I met her in eighth grade. I was four foot ten, I think, oh, no. in eighth grade. I was I was a little guy. Um, so I've always looked up to her. And, yeah. Oh, <laughs> so, man. Uh, physically for a long time, metaphorically after that. So cool. You so, met in eighth grade science mm -hmm. class. That's a that's Yeah, a cool we story. we didn't get married till we were twenty six though. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, huh. Yeah. How about um, 
your journey? Like where'd you grow up and you ended up eighth grade science class and yeah. yeah. So, uh, small towns across Oregon, Vail, Oregon, way off in the, on the East side, almost Idaho in, in, in the mountain time zone. Mm -hmm. Strangely enough, there's a little notch there probably when the biggest area of the the biggest city you could go to was Boise, Idaho, and so mm-hmm. they're probably in the mountain time zone because of that. Uh, so, so that was a, a small kind of cowboy and farming town. Uh, one year in Eugene, and then after that, Myrtle Point again, okay. another small, this time logging and ranching town. Uh, so, yeah, and yeah. then I went to went to Oregon State, uh, did the engineering thing, left left Oregon State. Uh, was an engineer for 10 years, hmm. the last three of which we had moved to Portland where I was working on my Master Divinity. Then I went off to do doctoral work and got to come back to Western Seminary and, and teach. So wow, that's okay. I love your story. Yeah. 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 What made you switch from engineering to teaching at seminary? Yeah, I I would love to tell you uh, a, an incredible dream or, or a vision <laughs> or something like that. I, I was honestly, I was just bored. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, so the Lord used that. I have no regrets. I, I have great respect for engineers and for science. Sure. I, I'm not like a science nerd. Um, that's, I'm, I'm more, if, if I were going to be a nerd, it'd be, probably be like, sports and comic mm-hmm. books and, and that sort of thing. But, uh, but great respect for that. But honestly, so, so I was, I was in nuclear engineering Oh wow! and, and everything that I worked on was classified. So I was always <laughs> by myself. Oh, I, I did my best work for the lab. I worked in national lab for 10 years. I did my best work for the lab when I was locked away in, in, it was literally a vault. It was called a vault and it was a vault, it, Whoa, you know, like man. a big round bank vault door is what it looked like uh, everything was classified everything's need to know I was always by myself you know my wife she likes to know things sure you know she's that's not that's nothing weird <laughs> but and I couldn't really talk to her about anything that I was ever doing I didn't really want to because it wasn't all that interesting <laughs> she was never able to go into my office she was never even able to go into my building wow. let alone my wing let alone my office let alone the vault and so she was thrilled when I got out of <laughs> of, of that and we could have conversations again about you know hey how was your day <laughs> you know yeah. I could actually tell her some things I suppose so wait cool. what nuclear secrets can you tell us yeah, right now? yeah. I, I, I honestly don't no, this isn't being recorded. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, r- remind me again when you made that change. I'm just even yes. hearing you say this real time. Um, how many years had you been married? Any kids? Like that's a yeah. huge move. So um, I had been the last three years of the ten that I was at Pacific Northwest National Laboratory. I was doing a Master Divinity work at Western Seminary. Wow. At that point, we had two children and Levi, our third, was born middle of my second year. Wow. I, I, I remember taking a Greek exam in the morning and then heading to the hospital oh my where goodness. Camille was about to be uh, <laughs> induced and, and, and Levi was born that day. Wow. Um, it, it was like, an, you know, I wasn't late or anything like that. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was an appointment and timed and all that. But, um, and we had been married for, oh, probably three, four years before that, I guess. Yeah. Long enough for Camille to know that she was, she, she, she didn't want me to continue to do this forever. And yeah. so I was happy. Uh, the, the, the way that I ended up doing the, the, the seminary thing was I, 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 a, a pivotal point in, in my own walk with the Lord was my time at Oregon State University. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that sounds counterintuitive, um, <laughs> but I, I, I grew up in the church and, uh, but my parents are, were both first generation believers. Oh, wow. I don't have a really long gospel heritage. Hmm. Um, we'd like to establish that sort of, you know, legacy, but I don't, don't really have that. My parents uh, were wonderful. They did the best that they could. Uh, we didn't necessarily go to great discipling churches. Um, and, and I, I, I grew up at, I, I was influenced by, by some really godly people, but I knew there was something more. Uh, and so I thought, well, when I go to college, I'll mm-hmm. do that. So when I go to Oregon state university, I'll, I'll get serious. I'll get really serious with the Lord. Uh, and that's not the best plan probably. <laughs> uh, but the Lord in his kindness, that's a, I think that was from him. And mm-hmm. I got involved with the campus ministry right off the bat, uh, that I was with for the, all through grad school. Even oh, I, wow. I lived in a freshman dorm, even in my grad school years, I, I stayed huh. and got a master's not again, not necessarily because I loved engineering, but because I loved the ministry that I was a part of. Mm-hmm. And it, it was, it was really transformative for me. Um, so yeah, that's the, that's the story there. Yeah. Um, so the switch from, again, nuclear engineer yeah. <laughs> to, to seminary wasn't completely foreign to you. You had been about yeah. discipling, valuing the yeah, life of the I, mind. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. You know, I, when I, I stayed at Oregon State and I got the master's in engineering because I wanted to stay at Oregon State in, in that campus ministry. I knew I didn't want to get a PhD, yeah. but I was willing to stay for the master's. You know, oftentimes gotcha. grad school is the responsible way to put off responsibility for sure. a while. Yeah. Uh, and so I thought, well, I don't want to get a PhD. I just, I wasn't that interested in it. And then, so I went and got a job. Uh, I, I got the job at, at a place where I had been doing summer internships, found a church I really liked. And, and I found that my favorite part of the day, every day, was the ministry stuff I was doing after work ended. Mm-hmm. If, if you remember the, the Flintstones cartoon where it began with, with Fred um, at work in the rock quarry yeah. and, and, and the whistle would blow, you know, Slides that bird would squawk and he yeah, would just yeah. book it out of there, yeah. slide down there as fast as he could. That was like me every day <laughs> leaving. Wow. And so I, I just, I gravitated towards any, any kind of ministry that I could be a part of. I, I was, when I first started, I was single, had a ton of time, mm-hmm. uh, did just threw myself in a bunch of stuff because it was really fun for me. Uh, gravitated towards another campus ministry. Uh, by this time, Camille and I were married and um, I, I got some positive feedback in my teaching. P- that, that's when mm-hmm. people put the bug in my ear. Hey, yeah. maybe you might want to go to seminary. Sure. And uh, so I spent a while trying to figure out how I could make that happen and, wow. and then eventually did. And it was, yeah, liked yeah. it so much. I just kept going. That's and, so cool. Man, yeah. That's so cool. So real quick, just kind of to circle back on, your story of meeting the Lord. So do you remember a time when you weren't a Christian type no. idea or like, yeah, what is that like? For yeah, you? I, I really don't. I, I know because I've been told that my father came to Christ after I was born, shortly mm-hmm. after I was born. Um, I mean, I, I, I love my dad, a ton of respect for him. I, I would say looking back that, that, that most of the spiritual good in our home came from my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, um, so I, I I have the kind of testimony I think that every parent wants for their children. Mm-hmm. Right? I just, I can't remember a time where I didn't yeah. believe that Jesus died for my sins. I, my parents taught me that two plus two is four and that Jesus died for my sin. I've, 
I, I've never had any reason to doubt that two plus two is four. I've had less reason to doubt that Jesus mm. died for my sins. And, yeah. and so, you know, I, I, I remember when I was baptized, I, it was an Easter Sunday, my, my fourth grade year. I, and, and I remember my thinking is, why am I not baptized? I'm a Christian. Oh, yeah. Right? Huh. Um, so th- that was just, th- that was the thought process. And I, I, I was a genuine believer. You know, I, mm. I don't want to make it sound like I was just, uh, you know, faking it right. all through until I got to college and then I was converted. No, mm-hmm. I, I, I was a genuine believer. I just didn't know what I was doing. Sure. Yeah. Um, and, and I get the feeling that, that if there would have been someone compelling who would have told me, Hey, here's how you are a follower of Jesus. Here's mm-hmm. how you have a quiet time. I didn't even know what that was, mm-hmm. right? I didn't know what a quiet time was. I, I had an impulse that you're supposed to read the Bible, an impulse that you're supposed to pray, but I didn't really know what I was doing. If mm-hmm. somebody would have showed me, I, I, I would have done that. And I, ironically, the, 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 the people I looked up to most, and one of them was Camille, my wife. I, I, I knew she had something. She knew something that I didn't. And, um, and, and so, so, so she was actually kind of a model for me of like, there's more to this wow. than, than what I'm experiencing. And so I love those stories of, of course, when there's been generations of belief in a family, but um, I resonate with your story, same with my parents, first generation believers and just uh, God's on the move. And it's good to hear yeah. those reminders too. So, yeah. So have a few questions wanted to ask you, but before we kind of dive into stuff that matters, I'm going to ask you mm-hmm. something that doesn't matter. Okay. So <laughs> Todd, what are your favorite foods? Cause I love food and we've talked enough to know we have a fellow love of food and okay. then I want to go to sports. So the okay. two important Let's things, food and sports. Yeah. Okay. Those, th- and they go together. They do. Well, Amen, and, brother. and food and anything having to do with Christian ministry and discipleship. <laughs> That's right. Uh, go together. Yes. Of course. <laughs> Uh, everything's always better with food. Uh, so my, my favorite uh, hamburger, oh, I, it's, yeah. it's like the greatest meal ever designed. It's Amen. the greatest Preach. food that there could be. It's <laughs> you've you got all the major food groups right there in a good burger. So oh, yeah. right now. Yes. And I, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a food snob, but, but I, but I am a respecter of really good foods and, and I love a really good burger. I, I love when you're taking the, the, the burger up to your mouth and you get a smell of the beef and, oh, and, and you know, it smells, it's like, this is going to be good. <laughs> yes. This is going to oh, be good. So. Oh. Amen. Yeah. Amen to that. We need to get a sponsor of this podcast. Yeah. And get we don't have enough burgers. listeners for that. That's yeah, exactly. how that works. That's true. Um, Amen. Okay. How about sports? We've talked enough to know we both love sports. Yeah. Whatever season it is. Okay. Is oh, that, all right. Good answer. I'm in. Uh, so all things Oregon State, which builds character. Um, <laughs> and then... Um, uh, and then the, Suffering the, before glory. Yeah. 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 And then... And and then the, the local teams, of course. I'm a, I've been a Blazer fan my my whole entire life. I, I I remember watching them win the NBA championship back in '77. Oh wow, so cool. Um, yeah, I grew up listening to Bill Shonley. It, it was sad for me when he died. Oh yeah, it was. Sure. I mean, he he was. I I it, whenever I hear his voice, I think of lying on my dad's bed with him listening hmm. to the radio. Um, and, and I, you know, for all I know, I did that like twice. But yeah. but that's the image that's just burnt yeah. into my. Uh, my mind. Um, so yeah, I, I, I love, I, I love the Blazers. Um, I, I moved to Washington, Ken Griffey Jr.'s rookie season. Oh, wow. And so I became a Mariner fan. Yes. He's, he's my all-time favorite player, and I still mm-hmm. blame him. I have not forgiven him for making me a Mariner fan. <laughs> More uh, suffering. You're already an Oregon I State know, fan, and now you're I a Mariners fan. Yeah. Can it get worse? Uh, uh, football, probably the Seahawks, too. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Who's oh, the yeah. all-time greatest Blazer? Hmm. 
Oh boy. You've seen them all. If you yeah. saw the championship. Um, well, Walton played better basketball. I think Walt, Bill Walton played center better than it's ever been played mm. for about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, Drexler could probably do more, but Dame is the whole package. I, Portland doesn't deserve him. Yeah. And <laughs> he's, he, yeah, he's loyal in a way that certainly Walton was, was not mm. and probably regrets. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Drexler eventually left. I don't, I no ill will towards him, mm-hmm. but, but Dame is a leader. Just, he's amazing. So I, I think it's Damian Lillard. I, yeah, I think you're probably right. I love hearing yeah. you guys talk Blazers basketball. <laughs> it happens often on Tuesdays. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Tuesdays are my day here at, yeah, at the yeah. office. So uh, I love it. That's awesome. All right. Well, there's so many things that we could talk about, mm-hmm. but again, just wanting to help GBC continue to get to know you. Yeah. So some people hear you, oh, Todd's a seminary professor. That's awesome. And some people, maybe that's just like a category. What does that even mean? So could you like talk to us about, you know, why you do what you're, what you do at Western and what does that actually mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So, so, uh, my parents were both teachers. I grew up with teachers. Mm. My, all of my extended family are teachers. Huh. Camille is a teacher. Camille's all of her family and extended family. It feels like our teachers oh, as my well. Goodness. Wow. So if it, it feels inevitable, but I did the engineering thing and it was weird for me when I went and got that first job because summer rolled around and it's like, it's just yeah, right. there's no seasonal breaks <laughs> at all. Wait, I have to work? I know. Yeah. I, I literally had no model for what it was to like work a job during the summer. My dad did odd, had had other jobs that he did, sure. but, but but there was a big break, right? And so it was weird when there's no, when, when you get like 10 vacation days. Uh-huh. And I, yeah. So that was, anyway, it was probably inevitable that I'd go back teaching. And, and I have all of the good of teaching and none of the bad mm. be, because I'm teaching at grad school to Christians who are paying money to be there mm-hmm. and who want to be there. Mm-hmm. I don't do any classroom management. I've never had to. They're all super grateful. That's awesome. So my teaching experience literally is like all of the good, none of the bad. Mm. Um, so so there's that. I, I, I teach at Western Seminary. It's a grad school. Um, so I have a ton of flexibility and freedom except where I don't. And and so when classes are scheduled, I got to be there. There's mm-hmm. no substitute seminary professors. Mm-hmm. I, I can't take vacation or that kind of thing. Yeah. But, uh, but, but within that week, I have a ton of freedom to be able to, so I can come in here on, on yeah. Tuesdays to, mm-hmm. to, to be at the, at the church office and it's no big deal and at all. And I love, I have a great life. I have a great <laughs> so life. Cool. Um, so I, I teach theology and church history, uh, hermeneutics, which is the science and art of biblical interpretation. I teach biblical theology, pastoral ethics and apologetics and, um, yeah. And yeah. I, again, so I'm training people who want to go into ministry, training people who want to be pastors, training people who want to be missionaries, uh, training people who, you know, maybe uh, what I get a lot of people who are retired mm-hmm. and they think I've always wanted to take some Bible classes mm-hmm. and I've already been to college. So why not do graduate school yeah. instead? And so, so cool. they, they come and it's, I, it's wonderful. Wow. It really is. What would you, I love just even seeing you right now, like the, the joy you even describing it. What are some of the challenges of being a seminary professor outside of having to work with Josh Matthews? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, if, if that one's off the table, I'm going to think for a while okay. now. Uh, no, Josh is great. He, he's just, he's an encouragement and, 
um, you can edit that out if you want. Um, <laughs> uh, no, uh, challenges. Um, you know, well, th- theological education is not exactly a growth industry. So, uh, resources are always a bit of a challenge yeah. you know, for, yeah. for most people. They can justify going to grad school because they'll make that money back. Right. You're probably going to decrease your earning potential by going to seminary. Yeah. Um, yep. and, and and then like seminary here in the Pacific Northwest, there's not a lot of like old money mm. here. Mm-hmm. And so at, at Western, we've been going for almost 100 years now, I think 93 or 94, something like that. Wow. And and I think we've been very faithful all along the way. And we've and we've made it year after year after year. But it's not like we've got like tons of endowment money. Right. We, we have like no endowment money <laughs> at all. Um, and so it feels like we're always kind of year to year, mm-hmm. semester to semester, that sort of thing. Okay. I, I guess that's a challenge. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. but again, I, I mean, as, as long as the people at Armstrong Hall, which is the ministry of all, as long as they're doing their thing and I get to walk into the classroom and teach, I'm, I'm like super happy. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, yeah, so I, cool. I, I look forward to each semester and yeah. I, I I don't particularly like grading papers and I don't like accreditation stuff and I don't like writing assessments, program assessments, that sort of, the kind of thing Josh does a ton of. To me, that's just, just like sucks the life right out of me. I'd I'd sooner set myself on fire than have Josh's (laughs) job uh, as faculty dean. I'm really grateful that he does it. He does a good job. So are you an easy grader or a tough grader? I'm actually pretty easy. I I, I feel like one of the things that I want to do is encourage people along the way. And, uh, so I, it always bugged me whenever I got a paper back and there wasn't any justification for the grade that I got. Ditto. And yeah. so I, I, I and, and it feels like just in terms of Christian discipleship, doing to others, you would have them do unto yeah. you. And so I want to, I want to grade papers in the way that I wanted to be graded. Mm. I want feedback. I want to, I want to know what to do. And so I, I, I mark up papers and, and, and I, I am trying to encourage people, you know, it, mm. it would yeah. stink, you know, it's like, um, you just failed God, right? right? You, know, you, you, <laughs> you don't know anything about the doctrine of God. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, what, I, what, what would that even look like? And, yeah. and like yeah, it, with, with hermeneutics, Bible interpretation, I, it's, it's one of the first classes that we teach at the seminary and it'd be a real bummer if people walked out of my class and thought, man, I just don't think I know how to read the Bible. Yeah. Right. I, I want, yeah. I want people to know and to, to, to know that they can read the scriptures profitably. Mm, That's a great perspective and attitude. Amen. I so appreciate that about you. Yeah. So remind me again, how long have you been at Western? This is my 20th year. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's insane. Man, that is insane. Okay. So there's that. How about you were an elder for years at Henson, closer into Portland. How long were you an elder at Henson? Oh, so I started at Western in 93. I started going to Henson in 90. Did I say 93? 2003. Sorry, 2003. Uh, Started at Henson, like December 2003, that sort of thing. Um, They were in between pastors at the time. And so Camille and I kind of waited. I I really liked the pastor that Henson hired. I didn't, I I was just kind of a Mm -hmm. person just kind of hanging out. And, but we got to be really good friends. His Mm -hmm. name's Gary Dozier. He's at Southwest Bible now. He's a dear friend. Gary eventually left, and at, but right before he did, I, I came on as an elder. So maybe I don't know since two thousand seven, oh, maybe wow. something yeah. like that. Wow, that's uh, awesome. Th- off and on, I, I think I was an elder for twelve or thirteen years at Henson. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Okay, so think same similar question I asked you about being a professor at Western. How mm-hmm. about 
being an elder with a lot of years under your belt, like what is the most been the most rewarding part of that and what's been the most challenging part? And I'm asking like personally and for our sure. church to hear <laughs> that too. Yeah. Well, I, I think the most rewarding part and the most challenging part is it's the same thing. It's people, mm-hmm. right? You know, church, mm-hmm. church would be really easy if it wasn't for people, but yep. church wouldn't be very rewarding at all if it wasn't for people. <laughs> uh, yep. So the, the best, the best part of, of, of being a, a shepherd in a church is, is, is being with people. And, 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 and I usually get to do a lot of kind of the upfront stuff and teaching and, and, and like, for me, there's, there's no bigger rush than to be uh, able to, to open up the word of God and to, to teach, to preach, to whatever, and just seeing like the light go on in mm-hmm. people's eyes. That's, that's like the greatest thing. I, I, um, I, I love preaching. I love teaching. Um, and I got to do quite a bit of that as an elder. So, so that was fun. The the hardest part were, you know, what you would expect, the, the problems that people had, um, you know, we're, we're, we're broken people and, and some people are broken in ways that are, it's really, really hard. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, that, that got, that gets difficult mm-hmm. and sometimes there's discipline issues and that gets really, really hard. And, and, you know, you're never, there's, there's so many things that you're asked to do in pastoral ministry that feel like they're beyond your pay grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you're, you're supposed to exercise discernment and, and shepherd people, their lives, you, it, which requires you to know something about their heart, but, but we're, we're not the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. we that, you know, we ha- for example, how, how do you measure genuine repentance? Mm-hmm. How do you know if it's actually there? You, yet it, we, we can't know that for sure. And yet we in pastoral ministry, we have to make those judgments right. so we can go forward or backward or what, yes. whatever, right? You have to make that call, but it feels like you just don't know. Yeah. And, and, and so you make a judgment. Mm-hmm. I, I love in Acts 15 where the Jerusalem council gets together and the way that they worded their, their, let, their letter to the Gentile churches, it seemed right to us and mm-hmm. to the Holy Spirit. Yes. It's yeah. in the canon of That's scripture. Yeah. yeah. It's in yeah. the canon of scripture. And you think about the, the heavyweights that were there, right? Paul's there, Peter's mm-hmm. there, James is there. I, I assume that the, like all the disciples are there and, 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 and and they don't say the Holy Spirit communicated to the to us through a holy vision, and and you know thus or it it, it wasn't yeah. even like they were exercising the, the kind of prophetic ministry that you would expect. Mm-hmm. Thus says the Lord. Mm-hmm. They go with it seemed right to us and to wow. the Holy Spirit. That's really good. And and so many times that's where you're at. And and often and, and I think the hardest part is we we would make judgments about going forward, knowing that there were going to be some people who were going to be super supportive and others who are going to be deeply disappointed. And, and that's hard because, you know, you want to please people. I don't, I don't think that's sh- ever should be our number one goal in life. But if you don't care about pleasing people, you're probably not human. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. probably some, you're probably a sociopath or something, <laughs> you know? Uh, so I, I think those yeah. were the hardest things. It's yeah. just people and the best part of the people too. That's a good word. Um, just where my mind is going. How about for you over the years in serving as an under shepherd, as an elder, were there certain truths, certain passages of scripture that were just kind of a reset for your heart or something you'd go back to, to kind of fill your tank again? Uh, well, the, the one that stands out the most is, is in the last chapter of Hebrews where the, 
the author of Hebrews, whatever his name was, yeah. uh, tells. I thought we were going to answer that on today's yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah okay. uh, Apollos, yeah. my guess. Oh, okay, um, okay. Yeah, but we'll have all of eternity to hunt that guy down. Yes. Though, I suppose. <laughs> um, the he instructs people to to submit and, and and to their leaders, make life easy for them because they have to give an account for your soul. Ooh. And when I first became an elder, I, I would literally wake up at night, like terrified. Hmm. Like, what What did I just sign up for? I'm going to have to give an account yeah. for people, um, which is why I'm deeply interested in church membership, because I want to know exactly who I have to give an account for. I'll I, say. And, That's good. Uh, um, and, and then what a blessing it is to have people. And this is why I, I love being a member of a church, that, that there's, there's, a group of, there's a group of men are willing to say, yeah, Lord, I'm, I'm willing to be held accountable mm -hmm. for this person. Not that we bear all the responsibility mm -hmm. or anything like that, but there's, there's someone who is willing to stand before the Lord one day and give an account. And that's, that's comforting as a member and it's terrifying as an elder, mm -hmm. I would say. Good word. Yeah. Yeah. Just the weight to it. It's real. Um, yeah, yeah, not contrived by any means. Yeah. Um, be, beyond that, I, I, I feel like my time at, at, at Hinson was really valuable for just learning how to think intentionally, I suppose, about, uh, about how to do church. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I do want my, I do want Gresham Bible to be a display of the glory of God uh, for a, a watching world. Um, and, that's probably not going to be through anything that we would expect, you know, some sort of awe-inspiring sermon or glitzy promo or even like the most awesome podcast ever. Although I think we're well <laughs> on our way. I've already right? crossed that off the list. Yeah. 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 Um, but it's, it's probably just going to be in the everyday gutter of life where yeah. we are learning to love each other and that sort of thing. I think Christ will probably be most magnified in that sort of thing. Yes. Um, yeah, I guess those are yeah. a couple of things that come to mind, yeah, a couple I, passages. Yeah, man, I just like talking with other people about um, serving the local church, right? What a cool life you've lived to this point, Todd, uh, that you get to serve the local church through seminary, preparing those, and then you've served as an elder in the local church. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so just connecting those two things. Maybe you have a book coming out about this. I don't know. But <laughs> I don't. What, so you have these different <laughs> vantage points, right? You've served faithfully over the years yeah. as, as an elder at Henson before God moved you here to GBC. And then you've served faithfully for years at Western Seminary. I just feel like that gives you like a different and kind of cool vantage point on the local church in the Pacific Northwest. So like, what do you think are those challenges and opportunities you see, you hear, you perceive for the church in our time and place? And then to kind of, all right, that would be true for GBC as well. Just what comes to mind. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. That's probably too much of a question. No, but. That, that's okay. I'll, I'll, I probably won't answer it well. And you can, you can circle back. <laughs> uh, I, so let me say this. I am just thrilled to be here mm -hmm. and I don't want to give anybody the impression that I've got like all the answers or anything like that. I'm totally humbled by your willingness to work with me and uh, to, to, to let me preach. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't take that for granted and 
And so I, I come with no agenda other than to try to be as faithful as I can and to, to serve as best I can. And brother, it's mutual. Feel okay. the exact same way. I appreciate that about <laughs> yeah. you. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I think that the, the, the real uh, strength and, and growth of the church will be in, in the faithfulness of its people who are serving a really, really faithful Lord, um, who is going to do remarkable work day by day in people's lives, not through, again, anything awesome or awe-inspiring, anything that with glitz or glamour, no great program or anything like that. Um, but because we are faithfully preaching and teaching and loving each other. And, and I do think that the world is dying to hear that. I think the Pacific mm -hmm. Northwest is, is really looking for something like that. Um, community is breaking down all around us. Yeah. And, and, and so that it's, we're seeing it break down around us. COVID was devastating for that sort of thing. And, and yet there's nothing novel about, uh, the most attractive thing for unbelievers is probably going to be the way that we love each other. Didn't, mm -hmm. isn't that what Jesus said? Yeah. Amen. Um, that all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And, and, and he, he, when he was saying that he was talking to his disciples, so it wasn't necessarily the way that the disciples love the people outside the church, but mm -hmm. it was how the people within the church love each other. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And, I, and, and then even in Jesus's high priestly prayer uh, in John 17, uh, how are people going to know that God the Father sent Jesus the Son? It's, it's by our unity. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be most evident at the local church level. And so if, if, I, can, if I can be a part of that, then, then that will be wonderful and, and great. And so. A life well lived. Yeah. 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 Um, so many questions want to talk fantasy football, but now's not the time, <laughs> but I will, uh, I'm excited, thankful for how the Lord is directed on so many different fronts provided for you and your family provided mm -hmm. for GBC that you're here and, uh, the church will be hearing a lot more here in the near future about an adult education okay. class you're going to teach for GBC. Yeah. I would just love if you can yes. kind of paint the picture for us a little bit, explain what it is, why it matters, sure. all that fun stuff. Yeah. Well, I, we, we, we got together and we thought, you know, like what would be a good opening class for some sort of adult education. Do, we, we thought maybe it'd be good to do something on biblical theology, mm -hmm. uh, six weeks on on, on biblical theology. And, and, and then of course that raises the question, what what exactly is biblical theology? And, and, and biblical theology is, I mean, basically it's, it's the theology of the Bible, but, but, but I would say more than that, it's, it's the theology that's woven into the storyline of the Bible. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and what, so here, I'll, I'll give you an illustration, okay. all right? So this is for why biblical theology is important. Um, my wife and I, when we first got to Henson, we were teaching a fourth grade Sunday school class. My, our oldest daughter was a fourth grader at the time. And and I don't, we, we, I don't even know what we were teaching. It was something Bible, right? Um, but I, for whatever reason, I decided to give a quiz to the fourth graders. <laughs> nice. And awesome. A pop quiz? Yes, it okay. was. was. It was it? a pop awesome. quiz. Yeah. yeah, quiz about your dad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and no, the, the question was this. I put five names on the board and I said, put them in chronological order. Oh, yeah. And, and the names were Jesus, Adam, Moses, Abraham, David. And, and they were they were mixed up in chronological order. And, 
and there were, I don't know, like 12 or 13 kids in the class probably. And I mean, these were not like street urchins that we brought in off the street, (laughs) you know, who who knew, who were biblically illiterate. These were kids that had grown up at, at Henson church, grew up in the Sunday school program there from like nursery up Mm -hmm. to fourth grade now at this age. And only two of the 13 kids were able to put Adam, Abraham, Moses, David, Jesus. I mean, these are not like bit players in the redemptive drama, the storyline of the Bible. These are pretty significant folk. And, And so, but of course, simultaneously, every one of those kids could have told you lots of stories right. about each one of those individuals. Mm-hmm. They just didn't know how it all connected together. Mm-hmm. And which leads me to think that a lot of people have an idea of the Bible, that it's a collection of like God's stuff, like, like an encyclopedia, an eclectic anthology of spiritual thoughts. Mm-hmm. Not that there's a story of redemption that begins at creation there's a fall. So now we've got a plot to this. And of course we're living it. So it's not mm-hmm. a made up story. It's the real story, but it's the most important story ever told. And then the question is, how is God going to save a people? How is he going to do that? And so that's the story of redemption. And, and, it, and it ends one day in the consummation of all things. And that's the story of the Bible, but that's the story that we're a part of mm-hmm. as well. And so the, the task of biblical theology that, that I would like to communicate is just... W- how, how do the different parts of the Bible, how, how do they interrelate? And so if, if, if you have a grasp of biblical theology, then you can look at any part of the scriptures and, and you can answer the question, how does this fit in yeah. to, the, to the overall storyline uh, of the Bible? Um, and, and if we can do that, then I think we're well on our way to thinking rightly about the world mm-hmm. and about the problem that that the world faces and 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 where we're at because we're a part of that story right mm-hmm. that each each Bible verse fits into our story because we we plug ourselves into just like the church in Corinth right mm-hmm. we're looking back at the death and resurrection and ascension of Jesus we're looking ahead to his return. And so just like the Corinthians, we're right there and in, in that point of the storyline. And so all the other parts of the Bible are actually part of our story as well. And, but, but we're not in that same part of the story, mm-hmm. but we're in a part of the story where what came before is a necessary part of our story, even though it's not the exact act, if you will, that we're in right now. We're not in Eden. We're, we're, we're not with Adam and Eve at the fall. We're not with Jesus when he was walking around. But all of those things are vital mm. and identity forming and mission forming to, to who we are today. So, so that's, that's kind of what we'll be doing in, in the biblical oh. theology class. Six weeks, we'll be spending a lot of time looking story of scripture. I think the biblical covenants are, are the game changers. That's where God steps in and makes an agreement with people and everything changes then at that point. And so we'll, we'll look at those. And, and of course, Jesus is the star of the entire biblical storyline. In, in biblical theology, the Sunday school answer of Jesus is always the correct answer. <laughs> right. um, 
Yeah, and and in biblical theology, it's of course it's it's always the right answer too. So, anyways, yeah. six weeks on that, and I, I think I put together an outline of what it was. I can't yeah. remember what it is. At yeah, this no, point, we'll but, be sharing more about yeah. all of that. I love you're doing yeah the biblical theology in six weeks. Yeah. You'll have it mastered in six weeks. Mastered, yes, mastered. Master. Yeah, uh, we'll great. just leave that behind then at that point. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, Todd, I am so thankful uh, for you already. Seriously, uh, blessing to me and to our church, and I hope this episode is helpful for people to get to continue to get to know you more. And, and I would encourage Gresham Bible Church this is a podcast for our church for you to prayerfully consider jumping in and participating in the class that you'll hear more about soon. Uh, well worth your time for six weeks. And Todd, I'm excited for you to, to preach that. So yeah, teach your ability, I, I yeah. think the secret to contentment is low expectations. So yeah, <laughs> oh, man. We, we got that down at GBC. Yeah. We got okay. a middle okay, school, good. look at right. our podcast yeah. set up. Yeah, we're good on that. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Um, the, the subject matter will be great. My delivery of it, <laughs> I don't know, but, but it's Bible, TV. right? Amen. Amen. I love it. That's awesome. Well, seriously, thank you for this. So um, Gresham Bible Church, I hope you found this episode helpful. I would encourage you to continue to reach out to Todd and Camille and their family, make them feel welcomed. Um, Todd, like you said earlier in the episode, is here in our church office on Tuesdays. So stop by and say hello. Uh, And if this episode brings up any questions or you want to talk about anything, of course, you can always reach out to me. That's at Mike at GreshamBible.org. So until next time, thanks. Thanks.